Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem. Mark Riley is back today. Also, we've got a big show. we got NBA playoffs kicked off Saturday. We've got some in NFL injury updates with a couple superstars. We have a little uh, NCAA to NBA news and much more. So, Mark, let's get rolling. What's on tap? What's on tap? It's weird. I'm, I'm happy to be back. This is starting to turn in. It's almost being a special appearance when I'm here, it feels like, these days. Uh, but I'm back, and it's a great day because Tiger – Woods is your 2019 Masters champion, and it just it won't it still doesn't feel real. I couldn't believe it. I I got I still have chills just even thinking about it. Tiger Woods is back officially. There's no more is via ever will be or he's he's here. He did it. I can't believe it. Here's the thing about Tiger, and when I was a kid, I could give two shits about golf. Oh, honestly, admit it. It's fun to play. I loved watching Tiger play, and I loved seeing him win. And I've been rooting for him to win since 2008. I've been rooting for him to win a major, and it's just – all I remember is him, like, playing the U.S. Open on the busted leg or back or whatever it was. Oh, he's had so many injuries. He had he an Achilles, a knee, and a back. Yeah, and it's just – to see him win yesterday – and I admit I didn't get to watch it. I had a charity run to do, and uh, it was just a big thing. And we and I, I, it did raise a lot of money, which is good to hear. But um, this uh, it, it's just huge for the moment of sports. And the Nike ad gave me freaking chills. But that they did about like it, it's crazy for a 43 year old to win a Masters. But I think it's poetic justice in in a sense is that Tiger really did. For all, if you really want to hate Tiger for moral reasons, that's your call. I, I'm not going to tell you he he made good decisions because he didn't. But at the end of the day, it's his personal life. He made mistakes. It's America. We're a land of second chances. Who gives a shit? To root against Tiger for moral reasons is just stupid to me at this point. I mean, you, you do what you got to do. But I mean, it. It was so great to see him, like, just come down, go down. And the picture of him, I think it was kissing his son. Yeah, was, his son like, ran up to him with his back. He just had the same, like, apparel on the Tiger head. And it was just like a, a flashback of when Tiger, like, hugged his dad back in the day and just all that stuff. Like I said, the emotions were rolling. I'm sure I can't imagine what he was thinking just because, like I said, yeah, he – it is a wild change of events, though, that somebody that – did something pretty messed up for his family with what he did with all the the affairs and all that, which awful. Um, I'm pretty sure people looked at him poorly at the time, but then he had all these struggles, injuries, and everything terrible happened, and then now the whole earth wanted him to succeed, and he did it in a like a, a fashionable way, as in that t- the top the leaderboard of the Masters was not no scrubs. Like he had some of the top like 10 golfers in the world going against him. And he ended up coming out on top and he did make it a little scary with, uh, and the bogey in the last hole. But as I was telling you earlier, I was playing, I played golf earlier that day. 
we finished up, got to watch most of the final round. And it was just like, cause I've been playing golf since I was seven. I've always loved golf. I've always been a Tiger fan. So to see the, to see him be able to battle all the way back and just to prove all the haters wrong and said he wasn't going to do it. And I didn't think he was actually going to do it either, but he did it. And on the biggest stage too. It's just oh, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it was a great thing to see. And it's just good for sports seeing like, and there are the guys whole world all, comes together. Yeah, and it's like people don't give a shit about golf or tweeting about Tiger winning, man. It's just like golf needs Tiger, and it's it, it more than any other sport needs a superstar. If Tom Brady retired tomorrow, the NFL would be fine. If LeBron retired tomorrow, it's shown the NBA will be okay. Eastern Conference playoffs are actually more entertaining this year because we know LeBron won't like just end up winning them at the end. If Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Clayton Kershaw all retired, Manny Machado all retired tomorrow, baseball will be fine. But golf has a special kind of bond with Tiger because it felt so destined when we were kids that he was going to smack Jack Nicholson's record out of the fucking water, and then all this shit happened. But now with 15 majors and what, Jack's got 19? I think it's uh, – I'll look it up real quick. Hey, I yeah, know no, he's – It's a lot it, – now it's just like I, – I, I almost hope that this is like Tiger's like one last resurgence. Like, you know, he goes on like a crazy like year or two run and calls it a career and – or three years or four years calls it a career at like 46 and just says, you know what? And I, I, I still consider Tiger the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah, it's actually – Nicholas has 18, Tiger has 15. So three majors. To tie him. To tie him. Four to beat him. Yeah. I mean, that's – it's, it's definitely possible. doable. It was possible. And if you taught – and, like, you think about two or three years ago, do you think it was ever possible Tiger was going to win another major? Nope. Exactly. So this is this is a great story. This is the greatest sport in American sports about overcoming adversity, about – you know, putting your demons away, it's it, it's more American than a lot of people can think. And moral issues aside, honestly, it's just a great story to root for. And on that note, we're going to actually move on tap before we go both go gushing our emotions about this. But, yeah, I'm excited. It was a great weekend for golf. Yeah. Got to love it. Uh, we'll move on to another great story. <laughs> Zion Williamson. Now, uh, yeah, Zion officially is declared for the NBA draft. Uh, the world talk about the world reacting to something. If he would have decided to not go into the NBA, I can't I imagine the reaction. Point. How it's not. I literally I know, am I leading know, into know. your point. I know. I know. You're kind of leaning into it. I I said this before the show in the pre-show meeting. I literally said, like, imagine the hell that would freeze over of all these NBA guys. Like, oh, Zion should leave, and like they'd be going crazy if he didn't leave. And I, you know, what's so funny? It took him like. Like, Nazir Little and Kobe White, some of these other guys were, like, rock and roll, we're out. John Warren, like, they, they like, declared, like, weeks ago. Zion waited a little bit. And to me, that kind of makes me think, like, he really wanted to come back. But I feel the money is just too, too enticing for him at this point. And the fact that he's a projected overall pick, how much higher could he go? He could only drop. I think yeah. that's the thing to him. I feel like a guy like R.J. Barrett, I'm telling you, Mark, I am not sold that he sta- he's not he's not staying. R.J. Barrett already declared. He did? Yep. He God, I, just, I need to pay attention more. I didn't know Kobe White declared until you just said something. 
Yeah, he declared last week. Did he get an agent? No. Oh, so he might not. I mean, I'm sure he'll be gone, but um, yeah, no, he the Zion thing. I, he even said like he is declaring after the best year of his life, just because I'm sure those guys had more fun than any other team really, because they were just they were just a team that everyone watched. They were dominant when Zion played. I'm gonna miss Zion in the college basketball just because he was electric, um, but. It's going to be interesting now because that it's it's crazy how it's crazy how time flies. Like you see all these videos of Zion when he was like a junior in high school doing these crazy dunks, and now he's already going to be in the NBA. It's just it's just nuts. It's nuts. And you know what? Like I don't. Know, I mean, good for him. But I do feel like now that Zion's like one of those once a generation of players. But I feel like Zion could have gone straight in last year. I feel like this is oh for sure. I almost all right so. I'm going to say this again. I feel like the NBA should have, like, either you go in right away or you do two years. Like the NFL. The yeah, years. I agree. I'm, I think I, – I'm pretty sure I've said that before. Not, like, on here, but just, like, before. Like, I think – It just makes sense. Like, Nazir Little and RJ Barrett could use one more year just to develop. Colby White. Colby White would be a number number five pick easy. Right now he's projected to go nine or ten to the Timberwolves, which I mean I don't hate because mm-hmm. him and Towns and Wiggins on the same court just makes me smile because that's just all speed and athleticism and length. But um and Josh Akogi too is just like the human equivalent of the Energizer Bunny. But at the same time, like I would love to see these guys develop their games a little more. And unfortunately, in the NBA sometimes you have to develop on the fly. It's not like like a guy like Towns, Wiggins, Zion. Uh, Jabari Parker probably going to sit here because his game, his ceiling was so damn low. Like, he can't even play defense anymore. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, you know, we knew Zion was going out. That's pretty much it. I mean, this was kind of like the, like, I'm like, uh, I saw the update. I was leaving the gym like, oh, there's a shocker. Well, now the big thing is, is the, the main thing everyone's wondering is, like, who's he going to sign with? Like, what, Adidas, Nike? Puma going to come out of nowhere and do something under armor like you never know. Um, but I'm just looking at this Photoshop of who he is like projected to go to. And it's the Knicks, the Suns, the Cavs and the Bulls. I'm I don't know who I'd want him to go to. I would love for some team that's like outside of the top 10 to get him, And I would be crying, be laughing so hard because it would be such a sto- I mean, the Knicks, I think the Knicks are still getting care. I think Kevin Durant to the Knicks is He's like, like is not locked, but it should be because it's Kevin Durant. We thought Durant going to the war, going to the Wizards or the Thunder was what was going to happen. But he goes to the Warriors, which nobody saw happening. So I almost, I actually double taked when I saw that happen three years ago. I think it was, yeah, I was a senior in college. Um, but to me, I think that like the. I would love to see Zion on some team that is not a big city team. And it's not even – I'm not even like – I'd like watch it go to Memphis or some shit. Like goes to a team that's got like, you know, a good basketball fan base, but they're not a big five market. To me, that's more entertaining because that's his team. That's like you build – because Zion's like how you build around. There's no question about it. But also – I mean, I, I also just one, you know, you guys all know I root for complete total anarchy in sports, especially the NBA. Like, I love seeing just chaos reign in that league. But 
at the same time, it's it goes against the narrative that, oh, the Knicks are getting Zion and oh, or the uh, you know, it's just and it just it's or the Bulls are getting Zion. It's just I love seeing the narrative get changed. Like when Minnesota got Towns and it was I was supposed to be a lock that the Knicks were getting him. I was like, even even just being a terrible fan, I'm like, hmm, cool, let's go. Like, crap, we just busted that narrative open. We like we're number one overall teams usually never get the first overall pick, but I mean the number the worst team never usually gets the number one overall pick. You usually get like second or third. But it, it's kind of a cool like I would love to see him just go to some random team. Like I'd love to see him go to like the Grizzlies or the um. I mean, of course, I'll just go see him go to the Timberwolves, but like, you know, like some bottom 15 team, like some team that like people aren't really talking about getting a yeah. shot at him. I'd be like, cool, man. Like, it'd be more entertaining to watch than him going to the Knicks. I mean, like, they're going to have Durant, like, or Kyrie, like, honestly, like, to me, that, that storyline's kind of overplayed, I guess. Well, the reason uh, why is because, I mean, Broussard came out and said, like, the, it's almost like a, supposedly it's like a, a done deal that they're going to New York. It just depends on who would end up being the first one to go. Cause it makes the other one look like a follower. Um, but I'd rather have them to go to New York than Zion looking at this Photoshopping. I kind of just want to be on the bulls just because he, he just looks like he should be on the bulls. I think it'd be funny. He looks if he like went to the bulls. Mac, like when he dressed up in that bulls Jersey. Yeah, he does. And it is actually kind of creepy. And I say, it. I don't really want to go to the suns just because they have all these young guys and they could be good. But like, I just am not excited about the suns. I think I'm a little opposite. Like, I kind of want him to go to the big city team. I don't want him to go to Cleveland because then he's going to be, like, literally compared to LeBron. He goes to the Bulls. He's not going to get compared. He won't get compared to Jordan because he's a completely different player. And I think basketball is good. I think basketball is better when the Bulls are uh, relevant. So, I think the team I would like to see Zion go to is the Bulls. But I don't – if he goes to New York, God bless his soul because his career will be ruined from the get-go. Unless Kyrie and Kevin Durant go there. And then he'll definitely be ruined because they'll corrupt his brain with, like – Whatever they have, those two are so full of themselves sometimes. So. Well, I think no, you know what? So I've learned more and more about Kevin Durant as the season's gone. Like what more people have like reported stuff like that. Yeah, Kyrie's a nut job, but Kevin Durant, as much as he's just like really insecure in the media, the dude just wants the ball. He doesn't give a fuck about money, the sneaker deals, whatever. He wants to win titles. He wants to win games. He wants to like be regarded as one of the top five greatest of all time, and. I'm starting to respect that more and more because unlike yeah he does all of his tech stuff and like all this he, I guess he's kind of a mogul like off like off season like he, I guess he's really invested in tech I've heard all these reports like you know he's like big into like all these companies and stuff like that I'm like during the season do you ever hear anything about this no it's all Durant's on the court Durant's never really in the headlines he's just banging shots he's getting pissed the only thing you hear about him is getting pissed off because everyone's questioning about free agency but. The more and more I get, I'm like, you know what? Durant to New York along with uh, Kyrie or even like – even if they, Kyrie doesn't go there and Kyrie goes to like some other place and they get like a Mike Conley and like one other dude, that's still a great team with all those role players they have. I mean, I it's just – this is going to be an interesting NBA offseason. I feel like the balance of power is going to start to shift a little bit again, and it's going to be cool to see. Yeah. Well, that's that's what the thing I've also heard. Um, that this is Warriors teams playing, going to be playing their hardest basketball because they all have like nobody actually knows in the locker room. I don't think anybody has talked about this year being it, but I think I think everyone kind of knows. Said they're staying is Clay said he's per- there's like no chance in hell he's leaving. What's going to happen they, is unless they lowball the living hell out of him. 
That's but it will stay. Story. Obviously, Steph will be there. Um, Draymond is either going to have to. It depends on if, if a team offers him a lot of money, he'll probably leave. But he'll get exposed, I think, if he goes somewhere else. Oh yeah, and uh, then you got Boogie's gone. Yeah, Boogie's. Yeah, he wants to hopefully win a ring, and then he'll be out. KD, there's no way he comes back. I think he's. I don't think he. I don't think. The, I don't know if the whole team. There. Like, yeah, like it, there's too much writing on the walls. He came here to do two things: win rings and like, just look and just like you know experience what it's like to be on a, a winning team and i mean imagine ima- okay so i'm just gonna imagine a weird like just an incredible scenario like just a crazy scenario i mean i keep hearing like you know a, a couple of weeks ago some one guy brought up like mate his relationship with russell westbrook isn't really as like destroyed as it used to be and i'm like imagine if he does go back to oklahoma city i mean i'm just as a hypothetical but like holy shit like that's yeah. five is a, a a no name shooting guard Ross PG Stephen Adams and and Durant that would be insane but I doubt it's gonna happen I think New York's a solid deal that's gonna happen but you know when did it become more likely he's going like I heard Golden State I've heard Oklahoma City rumors before I heard L A or Golden State and it's kind of a little weird to me. I don't know just this off this off is gonna be so wacky I'm just I hear all these random reports and it cracks me up a little bit. For some reason, every team that just every team all out of all the teams, the one team that just never gets talked about, but it just makes the most sense to me for any big free agents to go to is just the Clippers, just because they're LA. They would it would be hilarious. I think better KD, owner. Well, yeah, but it would also well. I mean, he kind of the whole thing he dealt the whole way he dealt with Blake Griffin was kind of weird and messed oh, up, yeah. but. Uh, no, but I'm saying if KD really wants to, other than going to the Knicks and just actually winning them something, that would probably get KD definitely to jump LeBron. And I mean, I know you probably already think he has, but They're if he went to LA, LeBron's still ahead of him, but the gap is a lot closer than it used to be. Yeah, but if he goes to the Clippers and makes the Clippers like, and then Kyrie goes there instead of playing LeBron or something like that, and they're the better team in LA with LeBron in LA too. That would be something. Don't tempt me with LeBron's failure. You know how that makes me smile. I was gonna say we are. I didn't. Even, I think we had what two topics for basketball on this on tap today. But I'm. I, I'm just getting all antsy, and we didn't even talk about the playoffs. But uh, yeah, that's up next. I mean, like, so I mean, like, first off, you want to start with like your your my my dark horse pick, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, taking your uh, Sixers to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I, the Sixers came out. Like shit, they had a little comeback, then um, they end up looking like shit again. There's no chemistry still for some reason. This team, you gotta come. Like I mean, players have to be able to figure it out. But if they don't end up winning this series, well, Brett Brown it's currently tied right now at half. By yeah, the way. yeah. I'm, kind of, I'm watching the game cast on my uh, laptop as we do this. But yeah, it's tough because they have a very talented team. Simmons played like shit last night, and Bede took more threes in a short period of time than I've ever seen a player do. Brett Brown can't figure out how to use Tobias Harris, and then Jimmy Butler is the only positive thing because he scored like 35 points. So but he probably I, like berated everyone on the sidelines afterward. Well, no, he actually it was like the leader mentality at the press conference saying like we'll be fine, we're still gonna win this series, we just gotta come together, blah blah. I mean, he. I'm happy he did that because Ben burn, Simmons was like, "Burn you bastard, burn." Ben Simmons said uh, after the game about like, "What do you think about the people booing?" He's like, "Stay on the other side, then." Like, come on, dude. Like, he he's got to figure it out. Um, 
if they don't win this series, like I said, changes will be made with Brett Brown and he'll probably be gone. Thanks for getting us to the end of the process, but it's going to be, uh, he'll be, his uh, time will be. Uh, six are just pulled ahead by one, but uh, yeah, I mean, Simmons did a foul shot then the half. I just, um, I don't know. It's just the, the whole, you know, it just, it looks like, you know, maybe teams are trying, this is my theory about the 76ers. Don't like, don't think it's the wrong way. They tried to mimic the Warriors with the free agents, like they going out and getting the big names and making su- a super team just of crazy amounts of talent. But the, there's only one Warriors, and we've seen over time some personalities just don't mix. Like Boogie and Anthony Davis didn't mix. Uh, Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns did not mix. I mean. It's just like sometimes like teams don't go together. Like you look at the Brooklyn Nets, this team was built organically. The only big name they had they got out of any move was they grabbed uh, D'Angelo Russell in a trade. And everyone thought Russell's career was washed up, and now he's playing like a light. He's playing like a bona fide superstar. And honestly, he's one of my low key one of my top ten favorite players in the league right now. And this the rest of this team, no lottery picks. It's just like mid to late round picks and free agents, and these guys are playing out of their minds. And it's great to see. So well, and it's it's the the three six in the playoffs like you're always happier to be the higher seed but the, the underdog always has more they have a chip on their shoulder and they also have I'm just saying lose. optics I'm not even saying the series itself I'm just saying what you see when the oh team, yeah like like the the Brooklyn Nets you know what they remind me they remind me of a fucking college team they're just so hype it seems like it's a big family like these guys go out and like party afterward together it's not like. Yeah. It, it, I get the same vibe off them of, like, a family vibe I get off of with the Warriors pre-Durant and Boogie. Like, or, like, the Heat with well, LeBron they're playing basketball to play basketball and win, not just to be a superstar. Like, they don't have, like, yeah, D'Lo's definitely their biggest, like, name, but he doesn't go out there and... He's so motivated to prove people wrong, though. I feel like his mo- his motor runs at 2,000 miles an hour, and he's all about winning games with his team. Like, I feel like... Everyone's like talking about, oh, Russell's going. Russell's going to leave when his contract's up. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Brooklyn's a pretty big market. Oh, no, they'll, they're going to be all right if they get another name or something next year. They can but, go out and get, like, uh, like you know, like a beat. Like, if they can go out and get, like, a, not like a boogie, but, like, you know, they get out. If um, I'd have to look through the free agent class, but if they go out and get a decent name, that team is probably going to be number one or two in the East next year. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're young, so – We'll see if, like, I mean, there's a team like this that could be good one year, but then kind of, like, I They could know. regress, yeah. Exactly. I, I see what you're saying. It all depends. It's, it really all depends on D'Lo. That's what it is. Yeah. So, all right. And then, we, you know, we got the Raptors, who completely just forgot how to play basketball. Oh, yeah, my that, God. That was another surprising one. I, 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 I saw that score. I saw – um. shout out to my second-in-command at HR, Allen, who put it up in the chat – just like he was like, I can't believe the Raptors are about to lose, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I got home. I think I got home from work. It was like 5:45 at night or something. I don't even know. I might even later. I looked. I'm like, wait, huh? The Rockets? The wait, the Magic are winning? I can't even name four players in the Magic besides um, uh, Mario he- he- whatever Hesterova because he blocked. He's not even. No, he's on the Knicks. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh my he God. He got drafted by the Magic. Yeah, Mario Hazania. But yeah, no. no I mean, Aaron Gordon, 
Aaron Gordon, uh, Nikola Vujicic, and DJ Augustine because he had that crazy game. But, like, legit, that's the only players I can name on that roster. Yeah, I know they had Jonathan Isaac because he got drafted high by them. But they have Mo Bamba, but I don't think he plays. He just has an awesome-ass name. He's an awesome song. They got Marco Fultz, though, but he doesn't play either. Hmm. Let's forget about Jesus, that. Jesus, it's like it's like the it's like the almost playing league over there. But yeah, no, it's just crazy. Yeah, and they beat the Raptors. <laughs> That's I know. Like, it's like, and oh, like, like, come on, another upset. The Spurs, man. Like all we gonna say about the Raptors game is just like the Raptors just looked like so like not there. And though, and I think also like me and Kevin were talking about this in the preview show last week, and we both said. Watch the nug the the Magic come out swinging in one game and just absolutely dominate. He thought it was gonna be all Aaron Gordon because you know that's just Kevin. Kevin's take sometimes could be a little lukewarm, but uh, I was just or just completely so far left, they're like screaming hot, so far out in left field, they're screaming hot. But like, I mean, it just it just is like I think this is that one game. I I have a really big feeling. Like we talk about the Nets and Sixers. I still think the Nets win in seven. I think the Sixers, you, you were talking about the chemistry. They don't look like a team. And I think chemistry wins in the playoffs if you have enough talent to balance it. And is it and also it also is a balance of the other team, of course. But, I mean, and then you look at this game, I just think the Raptors are just going to come out and absolutely punch the Magic in the mouth for the next four games. And it's just going to be ugly. But, like, the Nets, the Magic came out just absolutely swinging. Like, oh, it's like that hype, like, when, like, you know, oh my God, we made the playoffs for the first time since Dwight Howard was here. We're gonna rage, and then they get smacked after game two. Well, the so, problem I mean, is, Kyle, Kyle Lowry scored zero points. I know, offset of zero of seven shooting. Yeah, and zero from six from three. So I, remember, I mean, I just feel like it was just like the game plan was shit, and they just the game got away from them. I feel like they were like, holy fuck, we're losing to – we're losing to the what? Hmm. And it's like, oh, shit, it's playoff time. We really can't lose to these guys anymore. But I, uh, that series just to me is just kind of like the real the real t- the real, real playoff team will kind of show later in the series. Yeah. Speaking of um, surprises, um, Spurs come out and absolutely wallywop the uh, – well, maybe not as much as I thought it would be score-wise, but like they – they put up a little bit of a beating on the uh, Nuggets. I was like, "Ha, ah, okay." There's Papa pulling out the old veteran tricks. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised. I could see the Spurs actually winning this series. I'm pretty sure. I can't tell. Yeah, I mean, just Pop DeRozan's got experience. You got Aldridge. Uh, you got like you got some you got some guys on this team. There, it's not like it's like a bunch of scrubs. It's just like a bunch of B players in Aldridge and Aldridge who's still a top forty player. And yeah. DeRozan is probably top 25, 30. So it's like – it's not like they're a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. It's just like – I mean, DeRozan's probably a top five shooting guard and Aldridge's probably top 10 power forward. It's not like they're like a terrible team. Yeah. Top top three coach all time. I mean, they're but not going to go – yeah. they're not going to go in and beat Westbrook or go in and beat Harden or Curry, but they're going to do some damage in this series. But yeah, I was like, they might do damage, but I still think because all the nuggets of probably been hearing is that they don't have experience, they're young, they're not gonna get past well, even the Spurs. It's also like maybe they start like acknowledging it because oh my god, they got Jokic and they got Murray, and it's just like that's what I'm know. saying. I mean, so I'm I think they might like, end up being fine. 
I mean, if they end up being fine, I wouldn't be surprised. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they end up not even showing up at all. Yeah. And they just get overwhelmed by – or they just get outfoxed by Popovich. And I could see that happening too. So it's like – Yeah, like speaking of people that don't show up, you know, it's uh, your boy uh, Westbrook and the uh, Thunder getting beat in their first game against the Trailblazers. Eh. I mean, I'm not worried. I I, I, I kind of had a feeling the, the Trailblazers were getting a couple of games in. We'll see what happens. Like I said, this is the weird thing about game one. It, it's what happens in game two of a series, and then you start seeing the trend. Game one, like, you could just have come out. One team comes out flat, and it's over from the start. So that's where the beauty of a series is. So with yeah. this with, – with, I mean, it's game, it's game Lord and McCollum, dude. Like, they're good players. I'm just worrying about that bench of the, the lack of depth that Portland has going later into the series while a team like – the Thunder can just literally just pack on the points in a heartbeat. And they're like, I, I mean, they're very similarly built teams, but the similar, I mean, I would take Russell over Dame. I would take PG over McCollum and I would take Steven Adams over um, Vujicic. That's the guy, right? No. Who, who's their third guy? Well, their big guy got hurt, Jokic. Jokic or not yes. Jokic, Nur- Nurich. Nurich. Nurkic, so yeah, whatever. there you go. I mean, so I mean, I just I feel like they're very similarly built teams, but I would take in the long run of a seven game series, I'd still take Russell and PG over CJ, Dame and CJ. That's my opinion. I feel like this the game came out early, and Dame got and, and they, the Blazers came out firing. It's gonna happen. They're a good offensive team. So that's all I got about that game. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I still I kind of want the Thunder to win the series because they're a more exciting team, especially if they have to play. Um, oh my God, you're rooting for Russell Westbrook? Call the fucking media. I mean, I personally think skill, basketball skill wise, I think Dame actually made better than him, but pure athleticism overcomes that, and that's why Russ is better than Dame. Either way, uh, I think I just did you see Russ after the game? He was like, next question, next question. He's question. just he's he's a, he's a drama queen, dude. I also this, I just think he's pissed off shit. I mean, yeah, but he's just everything. It's just any little thing that pisses him off. He's just just you're a professional, dude. You're a leader of the team. Just answer their questions and act like you're supposed to be there. I also feel like you're also getting up because you just don't like Westbrook a little bit. I think it has a little bit on it. But I mean, I, mean, I, I just we're said talking about, nice these about him. four games, three games, and oh god, what's tomorrow's lineup? Magic Raptors at eight, Spurs Nuggets at nine, Thunder Blade at ten thirty. So all these games we have questions about what the series is gonna look like, we're gonna get all that shit answered tomorrow. So I'm I'm excited about that. And then we have uh, Pacers Celtics. Celtics beat the living daylights out of the Pacers, and I was not surprised whatsoever. Milwaukee beat the Pistons, and I was like, eh, yeah, it works. And Houston beat the Jazz, and I wasn't surprised about that either. So like the three series. It's so funny. Tuesday, we have all the series that we're like kind of like on the fence about how it's going to go. But all the series we kind of understand how it's going to finish are all the day after. Yeah. So it's kind of like a nice calming layover day. Well, it's funny. The Pacers, Celtics real quick. The Brad Stevens effect. The Pacers were winning at half. And in the third quarter, the Pacers only scored eight points. Like, it was a low-scoring game, 84 to 74. Brad Stevens' brain, when he dies, should be put in the Smithsonian because that band is a fucking genius. I bet you he's excited for Kyrie to leave eventually, honestly. Oh, my God. He's he's going to be like, now, can I get a point guard who doesn't hook up 23s a game? 
Well, he's just going to be able to coach instead of just having the dude just run around and do whatever. I'm not saying, like, that doesn't work in certain situations. Kyrie, like, I just wrong. feel like Kyrie the Celtics just was such a weird kind of dynamic. Yeah, yes, he's a clutch shooter. He's one of the top ten best players in the NBA. But at the same time, he I feel like his style fits a more loose approach where Brad Stevens is an, is an intellect. That's his kind of a style. So I feel like if they got a more intellectual point guard – to go with the fact that Tatum could be the centerpiece going forward. I feel like that fits better. I don't know. So that's, I think, I I mean, I also, cause maybe who knows, maybe Kyrie's adjusted. We don't know, but, um, Biano. And then we got, you know, we knew Giannis was just going to go ape shit on the, on the Pistons. The Pistons like snuck in by the skin of their teeth. And honestly, the Bucks are just going to absolutely beat the living daylights out of them. But it, it was fun while it lasted for them. And, you know, then we got uh, what was the other game? Oh, Houston and uh, Utah. And I mean, I love Spider Mitchell, but he's wasting his talent up there with the Jazz. He's got to. He, hopefully, he picks another team sooner or later or gets like uh, some help because I don't know. Just that team just kind of feels like it's just like him versus the world to me a little bit. But then also the Rockets are like the team that's like built for this time of year. So yeah. I, I mean, the first round is going to be fun for the, while the beginning. We might get a couple upsets, and I'm not saying the Sixers won't be one of them. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the the, the top top dogs, and we'll see where it goes. Know. I think there's going to be one or two like underdogs that slip in like a four or five seed that gets to the Western Conference Finals, but or the Eastern Conference Finals. It's just like, <clears throat> I mean, listen, I the way okay, so I'm going to pitch you a scenario here. Because I'm not so sure that the Raptors are ready for playoff contention. I mean, I could pitch you a scenario where let's say your Sixers don't put it together and the the Nets come into Toronto. Let's say Toronto, by the skin of their teeth, ekes out Orlando or wins like four games or two, and the Magic in the in the uh, Nets come in just beating the buzzards off of. Uh, Philly, because Philly's just, they're not a team. It's a bunch of guys, you know, Embiid and Simmons. I think Embiid and Simmons have great chemistry, but I think they kind of messed with it a little bit by adding a guy like Butler and adding a guy like Tobias Harris, who really weren't part of the process, and they're not really culture guys. I mean, I think culture kind of plays into basketball as well as what we talk about with football. And I could pitch you a scenario where I could see the, 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 uh, the Nets going to the East East Finals and taking on Milwaukee. They would get thumped, but I mean it'd be a great story to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it's gonna be something. It's why we watch it. It's why we love sports because anything can happen. Um, but yeah, no. I, it's the NBA playoffs. It's fun. It's the best basketball. I'd rather watch that than the 82 games during the season for the most part. So. Oh, honestly, yeah. I, it, like. Last year I watched playoff basketball, but once Minnesota was, I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. But um, it's exciting. All right, what's on tap next? Because we've been kind of dawdling on the subject for a little while. I was just say, what direction are we gonna go in? We could uh, we'll do one more quick basketball thing and just throw it in there. Luke Walton is not the Lakers coach anymore. He is in the Kings. I feel like we said that. I feel like that was. I think we said that we could see that being an option for him, just because. We said it. I think even I mean when Kevin subbed for you, I think we even said like it was a pot. It was like most likely going to happen. Um, and, it's the best fit. I feel like because oh got yeah, these and young you know guys. what? Good for Luke Walton lands right back on his feet. And I mean, and they were talking about this a lot. We'll I'll be quick about this point, but 
they talked about this a lot on like the herd and a couple other shows like oh we're gonna see how much credentials people actually how serious people take luke wallen by if he gets an nba job right afterward yes it's the kings but the fact that he got a head coaching job legitimately a day after he gets fired i feel like people are really throwing the blame 99 percent of it is between magic and lebron and i think that's a very fair assessment so good for Luke Walton. He's got a very young, talented team. Collie Stein, De'Aaron Fox, Justin Jackson, uh, Harrison Barnes. It's good. It's not a bad team to coach. Yeah, Bagley too. So. Oh, Bagley. Exactly. So it's like it's a good young team. I'm like, I'm excited for it. It looks like it could be an interesting road for I think the Kings could uh, be a solid eight or like a seven or eight seed next year, honestly, because the West is going to shift so much next year anyway. So. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, I think Luke Walton – I feel like he had to have known. Well, no, I think he, he kind of wanted. I think he wanted out of LA before the season even ended. He was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to get out of here." That's what I'm saying because if he stays there, it almost makes him look worse. Because they probably, if, if they don't succeed, it's going to make him look like it's his fault again. He gets a fresh start. I'm sure he's already talking to the Kings. I don't even know if they're allowed probably, to do yeah. this. Yeah, he, he was probably, happen. he was probably like Vladi Divac was probably Vlade, setting like, him some like covert ops, like carrier pigeons. Like, would you want to work for Kings? <laughs> Because, like, yeah, they must have really wanted him, too, because they fired their coach on a decent year for the Kings. So, um, but, yeah, I good for like Luke Walton. Walton's got enough pedigree because, like, I mean, he did. He was the main coach for that for most of the year Kerr was going that broke that record for wins. But, it, I mean, as much as you want to say it was that team's loaded, but also Luke Walton didn't do a shit job. Like, he did a pretty good job as a coach. So, it, it, it tells you a lot yeah. about, like, his. I think also, like, I feel like he was kind of trying to coach with two arms tied behind his back and his mouth half closed this year. So, I mean, I want to see what he does with the Kings. Maybe he makes him a playoff team next year. But and if he doesn't, right. then he actually just wasn't a good coach. <laughs> there you go. And, I mean, oh, God, if that happens, God, I, then it's going to like, oh, LeBron was right the whole time. And I'd be like, oh, God, I hate life. All right, uh, next up, what do we next got? Next up, we're going to move on to some football. Like you said, I always say what we know and love and cherish so much, even though football season's still way a ways away. Don't remind me. Uh, a couple, a couple big names. Their injuries are coming out, and uh, they're still not really healthy. You got our boy Carson Wentz. Our Lord's back. His back is still healing, which is terrifying. It's, but I hope he's. It's also April. I get that. It's just a scary thing because of the back. And then Todd Gurley, the, with the, he has, the, he's the one he's had some knee soreness with the tendonitis. Said he's feeling pretty good. I could say I I'm always feeling pretty good. I would be more scared tendonitis than I would be the back injury. Uh, you can shoot some liquids or needles into a knee and make your tendonitis go away for a game. Uh, I would you get hit? Tony Romo proved back pains are not good. So yeah, I I also feel like this year I was explaining this to a guy yesterday. I talked about like Wentz, and they're like, "Oh, Wentz got to stay upright." I'm like. I, I realized this season how much value Torrey Smith had, even though he never caught the ball. And I looked at this. The Eagles never really had a guy who could literally just take two steps and take a safety with him for a ride. Yeah. And allow Wentz to have more windows. And and we really missed having a deep threat and having a running game this year. Because it kept Wentz upright for most of the season, which we didn't have a running game because the Jai was out. We never really had a deep threat because Torrey Smith was gone. So I feel like now with Jackson and Jordan Howard here, I think it 
allows Wentz to have bigger windows to throw the ball because now it's like, oh, we can't pack the box because number 10 sitting out there like, I'm still probably the second fastest receiver in the league. I'm going to smoke you right now. Picking bunk gun. Or like they can't drop like eight guys in the coverage because Jordan Howard could gash you for 20 yards. And it just, it just, it's a good way to balance. I feel like Wentz will be fine. I feel like last year was just literally everything that could have gone wrong for Wentz did, barring like an ACL, another ACL tear. That would have been the only thing that could have been worse. Knock on wood, like hopefully that doesn't happen again, but like. That's like the season just seemed like everything for Carson Wentz could have gone wrong, and it did. And the, is somehow Philadelphia, in a Philadelphia way, still managed to pull a playoff berth out of their ass and pull a win out of their ass too. But I think this year the additions of Jackson and Howard cannot be understated, overstated enough how much they helped this offense because they were the two pieces that Philadelphia missed. Even though Torrey Smith didn't catch dick for us for the, most of the season. The dude did one thing well. He would take a safety out of the play by running deep every other route and just like make you said you have to watch the guy because he can run. So with Jordan Matthews, I feel like the safety be like hey, he's not doing shit. So uh, that's just the way I look at it. With Todd Gurley, you know what? He's still the second best running back in football, possibly best. I look at it. Hopefully the Rams don't get ghost face chicken shit again. Because I kind of lost a lot of, mis- of respect for Sean McVay after that Super Bowl performance. Because he was playing checkers and Belichick was playing playing chess, and <laughs> it well, just Belichick shows. Was and I think risk. <laughs> he's playing risk. <laughs> he was playing. Uh, McVay was playing Yahtzee and Belichick was playing Stratego. It's just like. It just makes me appreciate guys like Tom Coughlin and Doug Peterson who actually did not, like, shed a brick when they saw Belichick. Yeah. Or, or even guys who, like, fought to the end like Pete Carroll. Actually, you know, Pete Carroll kind of shed a brick on the last drive. No, um, no, he didn't. He made the right call. I still will stand by that slam pass. It just happened to freaking – Well, and also, I mean, then again, if Russell Wilson throws that ball two inches behind where it was, it's a touchdown and the game's over. Yeah, or it's just a batted ball that hits the ground, and then you get two they more plays. They punch with beast mode. I mean, I okay, so I will give you that one. I'm trying to think. Oh, I mean, there was Dan Quinn who literally looked like a scene out of yeah, Star that was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that trying to go down the Patriots wins right now. There's so many of them, which is just terrifying. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, Wentz is back. It's gonna be scary. Um, to randomly to have come out and say, I mean, I'm sure it's because he's not going to OTAs or he's not going to be participating. Uh, Gurley, definitely something to be worried about. Um, but a non-injury topic that is taking the world by storm and will be taking the world by storm at midnight tonight. I don't know what time zone, but uh, Russell Wilson, the franchise quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, has created a deadline for the uh, Seahawks, and that is if he does not get a contract extension of uh, guessing his liking by midnight tonight, his agent said that he will not be signing a long-term deal with the Seahawks. All right. Very, First very all, bold move by him. But there are – well, yes, very bold move. But just think about – let's put some perspective here. Kirk Cousins got $84 million in free agency from the Vikings. Good Lord Jesus, how much money will Russell Wilson get in free agency? If I just they don't, don't know why they won't pay him. 
I think people will pay him. No, I don't know why the Seahawks won't. I, uh, I don't who, know. Who are they paying on that team? They're, They're not, not paying anybody. anybody. That team literally is a bunch of nobodies. So, like, you might as well pay the man and then it's keep the, the, growing the your young talent. organization, I think we give too much credit to or we give not enough credit to other organizations who may have not won a Super Bowl, but they don't run their team like absolute horse shit. They got Besides lucky. Bobby, that's... Wa- Bobby Wagner and Frank Clark. Okay, who's their other wep- Who's their other players? Tyler Lockett. Yippee. Doug Baldwin. Oh, my God, I'm fainting. Like, but not even that. Like They also, I feel like, got really – wouldn't say lucky, but they it worked out with the Legion of Boom, with Earl Thomas, with Cam Chancellor, with look, uh, Richard Sherman, with the Wagner. On. And at the time, it was great because guess what? Russell Wilson didn't need, didn't have that big contract, and because he was still young, and it was like he didn't, he wasn't up for his contract yet. And now that he is, and you have all these young guys that you seem to believe because they didn't really go out and get anybody. It's just kind of like, I don't understand why they want to pay him. We also be blowing this out of proportion. Like, watch, we're getting an update at like 8, like 11.54 that the, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson have agreed an extension. I feel like that could also happen. Yeah, like, but the fact that it the, hasn't happened is a little concerning. I also think that front office is, John Snyder's a fucking idiot. But, I mean. Comes with the last name. <laughs> exactly. Shot at Dan. Uh, no, <laughs> I just like. I mean, well, actually, no, God bless Dan Snyder, because if it wasn't for him, the Eagles wouldn't have two e- fairly easy wins in the last two years. So, God bless you, Dan Snyder, for your stupidity. Giving giving Case Keenum a home in our division. The interception show returns. <laughs> Dude. Well, Case Keenum, they're still, they're probably, I, I think they'll take, they, I, well, no, we'll get to our, obviously, I think they're going to draft. I think they're over bet about how many picks like Case Keenum's going to throw against Philadelphia and Dallas this year. I'm calling at least four a game. Because, like, the Giants secondary sucks, but, like, Byron Jones, Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills, and whoever, who's that, 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 that really crazy named cornerback for Dallas, I could just see, like, hat tricks from one of them. Like, it'd be crazy as hell, but, like, I could so see some crazy shit. Because yeah. Case Keenum just yucks that ball down the field. I think he just closes his eyes and hurls it sometimes. And he was fortunate to have, like, Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And then you saw when he got to freaking uh, Denver and their best receivers, Christian Kirk, and they're like, oh. Oh. So I guess that gives more credit to, like, to, to like, you know, Thielen and Diggs because it's just like, oh, shit. Like, they, <laughs> Case Keenum is not that good. But, yeah, no, we're getting off topic here, but I don't no, know. No, we're fine. We're fine because I wanted to bring up real quick with Russell Wilson again, like, there's possibilities if he doesn't like they were saying about him going to the Giants. Yeah, like, which is not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear that either. I want to hear about him going to Denver or hear about him going to San Diego. Or well, like, I want. I was thinking it would be kind of funny if he got traded to the Raiders. Yo, I feel like he. And would then they got a, rid of Carr somehow, but a Carr for Wilson switch would be just. What, but they I, wouldn't do that because then they would still be taking on Carr's extension, and they would have just offered that to Russell. That's the difference. That's true. Carr has all this. Carr's contract's insane, so they'd have to trade him to the Raiders, and then the Raiders would have to somehow trade Derek Carr. I can think of three teams to, to take Derek Carr like right off the nose. I mean, maybe the, the Raiders get. Russ, and then 
the Giants get Derek Carr, and then that's how it all works. That's how I want it to work. <laughs> I don't want Derek. Carr. Anybody's gonna. Derek Carr has like no fear. That's the problem. Like he yeah, but he also bombs. I mean, but that, I'd rather go against no him than Russell the ball to in New York. So I'd rather go against him than Russell Wilson. True. So, but I think it would be. I mean, I I would enjoy, and that's kind of like we were saying, and before all Gruden said to uh, Mayock about the draft. Don't fuck it up, bud. Yeah. I'm sure he said that, but they have it written down as don't mess it up. But I'm sure both of those guys would love Russ, even though Russ is – I mean, think about it. Russ is the experienced version of Kyler Murray, who's also rumored to maybe fall to the Raiders. It just makes it weirdly sound like that Derek Carr is just not going to be there. If he is, it's just this year, and he'll be gone after that, depending on the year goes. But, uh, yeah, well, no. Like Derek Carr comes out and chucks like, like 45 touchdown passes this year for the Raiders, and everyone's like, oh – Maybe it's just intriguing to me that Russell Wilson might not be a Seahawk if during this year, before this year, or after next year. So that, I feel like that dooms their chemistry in the locker room if he if he like um if he doesn't sign like that that just essentially RIPs their season. Yeah, because would he even play? Would he just like would you oh. like? Yes, yeah, like it's it, it's a weird precedent when you set you say like I'm not playing this year, but. Well, no, he said he won't sign an he extension. He won't sign. He won't sign. So, like, like, does he fucking care? Like, clearly he doesn't want to be here. So, like, if I'm his offensive line, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, bud. Like, well, no, I I'll, think it's the opposite. I think it's like, oh, well, they're not going to pay him. Like, are we ever going to get paid? Like, I don't know. It could turn either way. And, I mean, like, like who's to stop, like, Russell? Who, I don't even know the fucking tackles are anymore. There's the, <laughs> who can, the fuck's on that team? I, dude, if you can name their offensive line, I'd be impressed. That's the, that's the issue at hand here, why Russ is – has Russ ever? I don't, I don't think his team. Psychopath. I think that's the other reason. Like he's pissed is because like they don't pay an offensive line. It's not like Philadelphia where Wentz has the bodyguard on one side and Lane Johnson on the other and Jason Peters snapping them the football. It's like, and or like down in Dallas where Dak Prescott's got probably five of the top ten best bodyguards in the league. So it's like, I see why Russell's pissed. And I really want to know what kind of fucked up cocaine up monkeys inside jo- John Snyder's head, but at the same time, I can't. I get both sides of this. I just it's gonna be interesting to see because we got about two hours and forty five minutes till the deadline. What's gonna happen? Yeah, I don't know. Or we could, it could be midnight Seattle time, so it cannot be till three a.m. We don't know. Well, I said I don't know based off of where in Seattle and all that, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it would mess up the locker room more that they the, the team wouldn't trust the ownership and the GM if you don't keep a guy like Russ around. Especially like, when, are we tanking? Like, what's going on? Like, especially when you have the possible number one overall pick and Kyler Murray being talked about like as in a Russell Wilson. So like, why would you get rid of the guy that everyone? I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Pete Carroll, so that would be weird if he was still uh, – um, I'd be surprised. I, I'm interested to see what happened to Pete Carroll if Russell left and if Pete Carroll is, like, cool with Russell leaving. So, who knows? Oh, yeah. All right. What we got for the last couple? I I don't think I, – I got nothing else on tap. I think we're running out of beer here, but that's all I have for uh, on no, tap today. No, not the beer. <laughs> I, I mean – 
Yeah, I don't even have, I mean, we could go on a smooth jazz rant about so I'm trying to, I have, I had something we were thinking about before. Maybe it's the something you have is maybe the Sixers are winning 86-67. I don't know, something like that. It's third oh, quarter, though, still. So I'll probably jinxed it. I'm knocking on wood right now, but. Oh, my God, I really hope they blow this lead. I would, be, I would literally call you at the end of the game just crying, laughing. I'll just not charge my phone and just let it die forever. <laughs> just let it die, and then you see, like, eight missed calls and, like, four videos from me. Yeah. Um, one thing we could talk about is our how our mock draft went from three to two, and that is it originally was before, or we well, talked we, about four. Man, we got ahead of ourselves. We didn't realize. Yeah, that. we realized mock drafts are like I gotta give a shout out to these dudes at NFL Network and like the Draft Network and all these te- places. Mock drafts are hard, man. It's not just shoving a graphic in a name. Like, you got to give an explanation. You got to do your research. Like, because if you put up a crap prediction, you look like Mel Kuyper, except with better hair. Um, I just, it, it's hard. But we are going to put up our, our pre-draft, mock draft, I think, what, like the Monday before? Yeah, it's sometime next week. It's so awesome to think that next week's the draft. I get just God, get you thinking man. about it. God save the queen. I am so excited. Like, like I, I'm just going to sit there on my couch. I'm probably going to have at least a six-pack or two, like, waiting there with me. Um, munchies. Hmm. The whole nine yards. I may have, like, my vape sitting there with me. I might, have a, I might just crack my window open and have a stogie going. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, I'm going to be sitting there. I'm going to have some nice IPAs. Probably pack a couple of lifts and just get after it. And like, I have a softball game and a kickball game that day. I'm not going to either one of them because of the draft. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I got a pair. I just got recruited to play in a softball league um, this this summer on top of the football league. And I'm I don't even care if the first game is that night. Nope. NFL draft takes precedent. Dude, my one friend was like, "Oh, dude, you can just check your phone afterward." I was like, that, "No, I, I, I don't know how to explain." Even it. the second round, if I have to miss that shit, I get pissed. And it's just weird because, like, I guess it's just, like, the FOMO of, like, missing the pick as soon as it happens and seeing reactions. And I just love listening to, like, the broadcast and hear them talk about it and see the fit. It's just... Like, last year I went to uh, my boy's house up in uh, up in Woolkitt. Shout out to my boy Nick Japs. We went up and watched it with him and his dad and his brother, who they're all Cowboys fans. And we waited. I waited until the last fucking second. And then Howie trades the pick to the Ravens. I was like, oh, God, Howie. But it gave us an all-time moment with David Akers his very high-pitched, squeaky voice trolled the uh, Cowboys. That was great. You know what's so funny? Even with his voice, he's still like, the things that are coming out of his mouth, he's like, hey, Dallas, the last time you guys won a title, these guys weren't even born yet. And I was like, oh, shit, he went there. This is, I remember that because I remember how excited I was. Um, my the one my one buddy that works for 94 WIP in Philly, Still trying to figure out how we can get him on here. Schedules are difficult, but he said, and I will never forget. He was like, he said it's really the re- he said the terribly a huge reason of why I want the Eagles to win the Super Bowl is just because when they have to pick in the draft the following year, it was going to be the whole and with the first pick in the two, or whatever the Super Bowl champs in Dallas. It was just great. I was so excited. It's a shame it, it's not like that anymore. I just, oh, it was great. But where is in Nashville this year, right? <sighs> Sounds right. I know it's it's, anyone can back go to it. In neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, my dad I, when it, it was in Philly two years ago. Yeah. Because my pops went there, and uh, 
I was in, I think I was in, I couldn't go for, I forget what was going on, I don't know. You were in college, dude. Was it? I was, I came back from my final job interview for New York. Oh yeah, it was my senior year. But yeah, no, like I literally came back from my final job interview and I had a four pack of like Blue Point IPAs. I sat there and just drank them and watched. Like I was nervous as shit because I didn't know if I got the job or not. And also like the Eagles going draft Derek Barnett. I'm like, what? Because I think I, I think I wanted I think I said I wanted Dalvin Cook and you said you wanted uh, Mason Foster or Reuben Foster. I wanted Reuben. Yeah, you yeah. want Foster. I wanted Dalvin Cook, and we both like lost our collective minds. Yeah, so. no, I mean, I'm I'm not mad about it just because of the, what happened oh, to Barnett. I'm not mad about it either. Dalvin Cook hasn't been so healthy. The other back I want was Alvin Kamara because I like I saw like I saw like that spark. I'm like, well, these kids are gonna be nasty. And then I'm like, oh, the fucking Saints pick him. Yeah, it's tough. But that's what the draft's best because you never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. So, yeah, folks, seriously, um, this was kind of our last call, sort of. So, Smooth Jazz has been kicking for probably the last three minutes or so. But, you know, we just want – me and Mark, honestly, we may do a draft special literally the night before. We may do that, like, dead ass. Like, we may, like, not – we're not going to do a sh- – of course, we're not doing a show the day of the draft because that would be stupid because me and Mark will be able to fucking focus but we will probably do like a pre-jazz special so we'll probably break down like some needs I think what we'll probably do is like we'll do like every team like what we think their biggest need is they need to address immediately I think we'll also maybe we'll read off our our final mock draft or something similar to that I don't know but we'll have a good shelf plan for you for next uh, Wednesday or wherever we're gonna do it but yeah so that about wraps it up tonight I'm Jared, that's Mark, I've been talking for too long, and we'll see you guys later in the week. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your hosts on Twitter, at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley. 